Hello, welcome to another episode of LFC Reactions. This one, Liverpool versus Burnley in the Premier League. Yes, it's been one week since the opening day of the Premier League. Um, and once again, Liverpool were in a televised game, which is nice to see. I generally can't remember the last time Liverpool played a three o'clock game other than the final game of the season. But yeah, Liverpool televised game, BT Sport. Um, understandable because Liverpool fans back it's pretty obvious why they would give us the 12.30 slot so yeah um, Liverpool were opening game week 2 of the Premier League we were up against Burnley um, who in recent seasons have given us trouble obviously we know last season they quote unquote ended the home record um, and then the season before that um, it was a 2-2 draw, but uh, Liverpool had already wrapped up the Premier League by then, so not too much of an issue there. Um, but yeah, um, it was back, it, it was, uh, sorry, lost my trailer thought. It was time to see Liverpool can go back-to-back with uh, two wins in a row. Um, Liverpool were heavily favourites to win, as expected. In terms of what's happened since last week, not much really. Um, obviously, um, some crucial news. Um, Fabinho losing his father yesterday. So, rest in peace to Fabinho's father. He was not in the squad today for understandable reasons. And he's good, been given that time off to be with the close ones, be with his family uh, ahead of at such a difficult period, moment in time. So, um, the lineup for today: Liverpool in goal. I'm mean, Liverpool in goal. <laughs> Sorry, the lineup for Liverpool today: Allison in goal, left back to Miskus, um, centre backs Van Dijk, Matic, right back Trezeguet, Arnold, in midfield three: Cater, Jordan Henderson, Harvey Elliott, and up front: Diogo Jota, Salamane. I was very, very happy with this lineup, for the 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 obvious reason. Um, obviously, you still get to see the front three, you still get to see Jota, you still get to see Salah, you still get to see Mane, um, Firmino on the bench, which isn't, which is I I'm telling you, Firmino coming off the bench as an option this season is gonna be frightening. So I had no problems with um, that front three. I was. I always believe that's our best attacking front three. Um, Harvey Elliott given his first Premier League start since um, since that dead rubber match I'd say against Aston Villa two seasons ago, where once again the league title was wrapped up. Um, I think it was around that time anyway, where he got given the start. I believe so, or he might have come on as a sub. One of the two. Anyway, that Harvey Elliott given a start. Um, Jordan Henderson coming back, which is in, in, excellent news. Um, oh yeah, he was involved in a behind the behind closed doors football match against Aston Villa on Monday, just for fitness purposes. Um, and then yeah, Naby Keita starting another Premier League game, so that's two Premier League games in a row. I'm very very happy to see that. This is this is what I this is what I want to see from Keita. Start pre- constant Premier League games in a row. You've now started two Premier League games in a row. If you if, if Cater starts another three Premier League games in a row, 
then I'm buying all Decatur stocks, all Decatur stocks. Um, and yeah, I was very, and Harvey Elliott been given the chance to, to show what he can do. And the fact that he's starting in this game means that we ain't sending him on loan. We're going to use him. He's going to get a lot of game time. It's kind of like the Curtis Jones effect last season where we gave Curtis Jones the opportunity to go ahead and do what he does. And then um, there's a moment where he kind of come a bit stagnant and then obviously the whole injury thing started happening. So he was in and out the team quite a lot. Um, so yeah, there was that. So yeah, very happy with the midfield choice. Um, on the bench, Andy Robertson. Can you believe it? Andy Robertson is already back on the bench. How? <laughs> if you saw that preseason game against um, Bilbao, the way his ankle twisted, I thought this guy was done till September. The fact, the fact he, he, he's back on the bench, only missing one Premier League game. Absolute insanity to me. Insanity. But... um. Shows how well how his body really looks after him well and he recovers really fast, and it's looking like him he might he might be back sooner than expected. Um, it's like Gomez on the bench, Thiago on the bench, Konati on the bench, uh, Firmino on the bench, Adrian Kelleher. Uh, yeah, I think that was pretty much the bench. So, yeah, that's pretty much the team. No James Milner. He had an injury knock. Personally, I felt like that probably made our midfield stronger because if he had started today's game, I don't, I think, I don't, I don't know how, how it would have went. But, yeah, anyway, the first half starts now and Liverpool are attacking the cop end, strangely enough. Usually, we attack the cop end the second half, but... I think Burnley tried to throw us off. They tried to do the whole, oh, fans are back at Anfield again. Let's unsettle them by making Liverpool play in an unorthodox way to disrupt their flow or whatever. But, um, and it was kind of, kind of working-ish. There was a brief moment where Burnley were fighting. They were in the game and, and, and Liverpool were also in the game. So it was quite a competitive duel I'd say the first 15 minutes. Harvey Elliott picked up the ball. Um, was getting fouled a couple of times early on in the first half. Uh, in that early 15 minute period. Um, but everything Harvey Elliott was, was doing was impressing me. He was just he's getting, he's getting on the ball. And he was making positive decisions instead of passive decisions. And it's very easy as an 18 year old to, to, to um, just play everything safe. And just make the team happy as opposed to actually testing your skill quality and showing your natural confidence. And I was, if you've been following LFC, um, LFC reactions, you, you know what I've been saying about Harvey Elliott during pre-season. That, um, there's times where he looks like he's trying too hard to impress in pre-season. If he relaxes and plays his natural game, he, he, he shines. And I remember the Bill Bow game. When he started, that's when you were seeing Harvey Elliott flourishing. And I think Jurgen Klopp had that idea in his head. Oh, he likes playing in front of fans. He's not trying too hard when he's in a different uh, environment or circumstances. And, that was, and, and, you, and you can see 
he he was relishing with that the fan energy bouncing on him and he was reciprocating that dribbling with the ball making driving with the ball forward no that Burnley fans just standing off him he didn't he didn't necessarily dribble past a defender but he was making defenders jockey and like okay like make making defenders um having to make last second decisions in terms of closing him down and he and it was helping us it was helping him in us corners all that other stuff um but yeah, I'd say the first real chance, I'd say probably fell to Burnley. Um, McNeil had the ch- shot uh, near post. Allison saves it, and then about five minutes later, a similar thing, near post shot. Allison saves it. But Liverpool looking good on the ball. Tomiskus driving forward really well. Um, I'd say Henderson and Cater's role. It was kind of like Harvey Elliott was in that number eight role. And Keita and Henderson were playing the DLP kind of roles, um, the two-man pivot. So, and and for for a brief moment, it was more like they were just focused on defensive responsibility as opposed to asserting themselves on the ball. Because on the ball, yes, there'll be passes made, but it wouldn't be like key passes made that create some sort of opening. That was kind of relied on um, Virgil van Dijk, where... He would just pick up the ball and literally diagonal pass. Once again, just take the whole Burnley uh, midfield out the game and then create an attacking option just like that. And that's the beauty of Virgil van Dijk where he, he doesn't have to break sweat. He can literally pick up the ball, just look up, find a man and that will create an opening. So yeah, I suppose Henderson and Cato playing the two-man pivot gave Elliot a bit less responsive disp- uh, responsibility but the fact that um, he still tracks back anyway to try and uh, be a nuisance was still very helpful. And then the first goal came. Um, Liverpool from an attacking situation. Ball was whipped in from Trent, but a little bit overhit. Then the ball falls to... Who did it fall to? Diogo? No, but ball falls to Sadio Mane. Mane passes it to Tomiskus. Tomiskus controls the ball, looks up, crosses the ball in. The ball falls perfectly on Diogo Jota's head, passes Nick Pope into the into the goals. It ball ripples the net. One 0 Liverpool. Diogo Jota scoring his second Premier League goal of the season. Back to back goals. We call him Diogo Jota for a reason, or other people call him Diogo or Diogo goals or Diogo Slaughter. Then he got so many nicknames. Most important thing he does, he just knows how to put the ball in the back of the net. And that's what, uh, that's what I love to see with Diogo Jota. And a lot of people say, oh, he doesn't do anything, but he knows he just randomly gets a goal every time. But it's not he doesn't do anything. Yes, his build-up play could be a little better here and there. But he knows his positioning in, in terms of where to stand to get the best goal-scoring opportunity. That's what he's ideally world-class at. He just knows where to be to get the goal. As opposed to, So the fact that build-up play and everything else comes secondary in his game, that, that can be tweaked on, that can be worked on. But the most important thing was he got the goal and, he got, uh, and, and, and it helps Liverpool. And Tamiskas getting an assist... Um, I'm sure Andy Robertson watched that and applauded, and then he probably realized, shit, I might actually have to work for my place. I might have to actually meet Robertson starting against Chelsea next week may not be a guarantee. Tamiskus getting an assist like that, that's gonna have to make Jurgen Klopp rethink 
um, his decisions moving on forward. But yeah, um, after that goal, Liverpool tried to build on. Um, there was a couple moments where, once again, a diagonal ball from Van Dijk finds Trent. Um, Trent passes it to Elliot. Elliot lays the ball off to Salah. Salah picks up the ball. He slots the port. He slots the ball past Nick Pope for two 0 But at at the time of viewing it, it looked like Salah was slightly offside. And then um, so I was, but the, there was all cheering, celebrating, all that stuff. But then they showed the replay. Salah's foot was offside. Fair enough. Correct decision. No problem there. So score line remains one nil. Um. Yeah, in terms of defensively, defensive responsibilities, um, yeah, Van Van Dyke and Matic were just tidying up constantly, and you never really saw Van Dyke have to break sweat, and Allison no knew when to come out for the ball. Um, at times, um, there was times when Harvey Barnes was closing him. That Harvey Barnes, Ashley Barnes was closing him down, and he done that little shimmy thing where he pretended he was gonna pass the ball. Turns out makes a fall out of the Burnley striker and then passes the ball. So that was nice to see as well. And then after but then between thirty and forty five they came the the match just became kind of stagnant. Like I don't know, just like intensity wise kinda of just dropped a little bit. Um but it uh, to be fair that's to Burnley just um being compact with um any time Liverpool tried to have build up play and our tempo wasn't nece- and our tempo ne- wasn't necessarily there. Um, but yeah, Burnley would just be excellent at being compact, so that it made Liverpool have to rethink what to do in terms of attacking positions. But yeah, scoreline at halftime ends one 0 to Liverpool. Um, so I'll tell you, it was a decent half. I wouldn't say nobody had the bad. No, I wouldn't say there was there was not a Liverpool player that really had a bad game. Um, Salah looked sharp. You what you'd want um you would want Mane to do more. You would want Mane to do more. Um just I don't know. When he ta- anytime Mane picks up the ball, he'd be usually great at taking on players one v one. But he'd always make the he, this time he was always passing it. And 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 that was kind of the little annoyance thing I had about Sadio Mane. In, in the first half because in pre-season he wasn't doing that pre-season it looked like 1920s had the Omane where he'd be dribbling sorry about that he'd be dribbling and beating defenders and creating openings that way but I don't know it just felt a little bit disjointed for Mane but maybe that's me being fussy if you agree let me know if you don't I'd like to know your thoughts as well. Um, my Twitter is K-O-T-E-K-K-E-R-Z. Let me know what you thought about um, the Burnley game. But yeah, um, second half starts now. And then for the first 15-minute period again, I'd say Burnley were kind of like, kind of showing intent. Um, there was a moment where they Burnley scored an offside goal, but you could tell, um, who was it? Ashley Barnes was like a good three, four yards offside. But yeah, that's just good defensive positioning from our back line, personally. Um, 
My concerns also in the second half was like, is Henderson going to be able to play full 90? Um, and, and kind of the same with Keita. I wasn't really sure because Keita didn't play a full 90 last time. Um, and then and same with Henderson. So I wasn't really sure how we would micromanage minutes in the second half, especially if the scoreline remained at 1-0. Um, but yeah, after, after, after that, after that offside goal, Burnley kind of slowly fizzled out and Liverpool was showing way more intent after the 60-minute periods. From 60-minute to 79th minute, all Liverpool, all Liverpool, overwhelming attacks. Diagonal passes from Van Dijk to Salah and then Salah crossing it in. Oh, ball gets cut out, Liverpool win corner. And then Liverpool trying to create um, chances from corners. And then Harvey Elliott getting fouled even more because he's driving more with the ball. He's picking up the uh, the ball in picking up the ball in smart positions, which was frustrating Burnley players. Um, Kater making sure that things are ticking, fluidity is there, and then you got H- H- Henderson's role was arguably just babysitting both Kater and 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 um, Harvey Elliott, and just making sure he's just making tidy passes, all that stuff. Because it was Jordan Henderson's first Premier League game. First Premier League start, yeah. First Premier League, yeah. First Premier League game and start since February, which is a very long time. It's now August, so we're now talking, what six months or something, roughly six months. That is a long time to get used to the the demands of the Premier League. So, um, yeah. So, but yeah, I was I was really impressed with Henderson just. Being uh, just looking after the midfield well and making sure attacks are sustained. And Van Dyke, oh my god, this guy is unbelievable, bro. Like, the things we've missed Van Dyke for compared to last season, just like the ability to win aerial duels, the fact that oh, no, Burnley players want to target Van Dyke on the ball, so they try and target Matip. But Massive just like disposes of them every single time, which makes Van Dyke's job easier because they don't want to. They don't want to test Van Dyke's knee, or because they know oh his ability is so good anyway. So, but they thought oh let's just target Matip because um he's not going to be as good as Van Dyke. But there's a stat that says that Joe Matip has only lost one Premier League game in the last forty four. Um, games that he's played for Liverpool and that game was against um, Burnley last season when the record had ended but every single game Matip has started Liverpool have never lost basically so the fact that the stat means how underrated Joe Matip is and it shows um, and then yeah the second no sorry there's key, more key moments happening where um, down the left hand side Tomiscus and Jota linked up well. Then Keita passes the ball to Sadio Mane. And I wanted Mane to turn to his right and either shoot or lay the ball off to Salah. So that Salah can just easily slot this one away. Or turn on his... Or, or Yeah, but he turned on his left and shot with Nick Pope with his left foot, which annoyed me. And then there was another corner whipped in from Tomiscus. Um, ball, ball crossed in. Then I think a Liverpool player gets ahead to it or whatever, and then Sadio Mane misses the ball completely 
or it goes just behind him. But if he managed to get contact on it, it would have definitely been 2-0. But yeah, Burnley were just could not contain these constant Liverpool attacks. And then finally, the second goal came. Van Dijk, lovely crossfield ball to Harvey Elliott. Harvey Elliott lays the ball off to Trent Alexander-Arnold. Trent dinks the ball in to Sadio Mane. Mane controls it with his left, half volleys it with his right foot, ripples past um, Nick Pope into the net. 2-0 Liverpool. Sadio Mane gets his first Premier League goal of the season. Trent is on Arnold assists, normal. Um, and then, yeah, um, after that, you'd say Burnley kind of hedge kind of drops for um, that period anyways. And then um, it was going... After that, it was at 75th minute and I was thinking, wow, Liverpool still haven't made any subs yet. Is that a vindicament of how good our pre-season's been in terms of fitness? Or is it because we don't really know who to bring on? But to be fair, I remember on commentary they were saying, Firmino, the plan was Firmino to come on like 65th minute. So even just before Sadio Mane got that goal. And then when he did get that goal, we held off on Firmino coming on. And then... Finally, 80th minute happens. Two substitutions happen. Jota comes off, Firmino comes on, just like the the Norwich game. And then Cater comes off, Thiago comes on. And then, yeah, for that... And then the first five minutes, um, Firmino did okay. And Thiago had glimpses where he dribbled well. He dribbled past a Burnley player and then linked up well. And then, yeah... And then, but then for like from between eighty eight and ninety, uh, Thiago gave the ball away. Jay Rodriguez tries to get a shot. Van Dijk just slides and blocks it. That's the only time Van Dijk slid in the game, by the way. That's how much of an amazing player he is. If you make Van Dijk slide, if you make Van Dijk slide to make a block, it means something detrimental must have would have happened, because typically you never have to see him. He can block standing up almost all the time. Um, and then, yeah, there's another moment where Thiago header wasn't quite clean. And then Ashley Barnes picks up the ball. Um, Allison comes out, makes a crucial save. Solid hand on this. Solid, strong hand save. Really impressed with um, Allison, by the way. Um, and then, yeah, that was about it, really. I know then Joe Gomez came on for Tomiscus in the 90th minute. And Gomez played left back for a little bit. For like what two minutes or whatever, but yeah, Liverpool win two 0 My man of the match, um, Harvey Elliott, just because of how natural he looked playing in our midfield. Um, he didn't he he, he didn't do what he was doing in preseason where he was trying too hard to impress. He played exactly like the Bilbao game where he just had played his natural game and made positive passes and all that stuff. And yeah, and I was really impressed with Harvey Elliott. He was the shining light for me. Commentators gave it to Trent. Trent played all right. Yes, he got the assist for Mane's goal as well. But I just think Harvey Elliott just stood out a bit more because he's eighteen year old. He's an eighteen year old kid. Well, not eighteen year old kid. He's an adult now, obviously. But um, he's he's still very young in his Liverpool career, and he was making very high IQ decisions on the ball, which reminds me of. How Phil Foden was like at 18 years old. Kind of similar similar, similar um, ways in terms of understanding the game. 
Um, it, it, it reminded me a lot of Phil Foden and it might annoy Liverpool fans that I'm comparing him to Phil Foden but Phil Foden I knew he would be a superstar because he's just got intelligence crazy intelligence on the ball and I can see Harvey Elliott being that Phil Foden type of player but getting way more assists and goals personally but yeah that's, that, that's the difference between them two um, but yeah Van Dijk excellent uh, Matip excellent Allison crucial saves excellent gets his clean sheet again gets two clean sheets um Tamiskus wonderful 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 oh yeah there was a time 87th minute where Tamiskus got fouled and it looked like his shoulder was hurting and that's when Klopp wanted to bring on Joe Gomez but then the ball just wasn't going out of play for a while and then there was a time where uh, Tamiskus was battling with two Burnley players. He fell to the ground. Referee doesn't call foul. He gets back up, pushes both Burnley players out the way, gets the ball and then passes it. Wonderful grit, determination there. And it, and it reminded, and that's a little warning shot to Klopp. He said, you're not taking me off yet. I, I may, it may look like I was hurt a little bit, but now I'm fine. And Tamiskus, wonderful. And And to be honest, we have to talk about... Should Tamiskus play against Chelsea, start against Chelsea? Or should Robertson just walk back into the Liverpool team? It's interesting thought because Rob- Tamiskus got an assist, but we all know Robertson, what he can do. And yes, and this is what we mean by squad depth. When Liverpool say squad, Liverpool, Liverpool, when we say Liverpool don't have squad depth in certain areas, like you can't say, oh, Thiago, Henderson... And Fabinho, that's our starting three, right? So squad depth is Cater. Squad depth is not James Milner because he's just a level below the standard Liverpool player now. As much as I love James Milner, wonderful servant, he's not squad depth. He's just, he's there if, okay, all these injuries consecutively happen. Do you know what I mean? Then you fill James Milner in because you have to. Um, or saying something like, um, let's say uh, Robertson was injured, which he is. Oh, no, he's back from injury now. Let's say he's injured, Tamiskus is injured. Oh, let's put Milner left back. That wouldn't be squad depth because you're shoehorning players to play left back, to play a type of game that's not suited for their style. It should be natural players playing in the natural position, and that's the, and 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 I think Oxley Chamberlain might be the biggest problem in terms of that because we try to shoe we're trying to shoehorn Oxley Chamberlain as a false nine. He's not that. We're trying to shoehorn him as a as a left winger, right winger. He's not that. We try to shoehorn him as a CM. I don't think he's that either. That's the problem, and that can be the problem sometimes. You might be so versatile, you can play here, here and here, but you don't have a definitive natural position where you can thrive. And this was the problem with, um, years ago, with Emre Chan. Emre Chan can play centre-back, he can play DM, he can play right-back, he can play centre-back. But he never had a concrete position where he played his best natural game. And that's why... You never really saw the best of M. Ray Chan because, yeah, you got all these positions, but what is your natural position that we see the best of you? But the fact you got Robertson and Tamiskus, 
who are like the the bar. Obviously, Robinson's better than Tamiskus, but it's not by much. It's not. If anything, it, there, there's very little in it. There's very little in it. And obviously, Tamiskus didn't get his chance last season because of injuries. So this is really his first real season of him showing what he can do. He's played two games. He's got an assist, albeit the Norwich one. Yeah, he had hot and cold. What had a hot and cold game, but he still had more hot periods than cold. Um, and then yeah, fatigue was a little bit of an issue. But in in this game at Anfield, he didn't look tired at all. He played the full ninety. Didn't look like he fitness wise fitness wise was an issue. And me personally, I would start to miscus against Chelsea. A lot of people would slot rubber back, but I believe on merit on form. Tamiskus has earned the right to stay at left-back. He's earned the right to stay at left-back. I actually feel... And I will actually feel sorry for him if he loses his spot to... Um, if he loses his spot to Robertson next week. Obviously, yes, you'd want to see Robertson back, but I want to see it on merit, you know what I mean? But, yeah, that's, that, that's a good headache to have. Um, in terms of the midfield next week... I think because it's Chelsea, we, the midfield will probably be Henderson, Thiago, Fabinho. And unfortunately, we probably see... we probably see Cater drop out or we see um, Elliot drop out. Or because Thiago isn't quite match fit, it'll be Henderson, Fabinho, Cater. Which isn't bad because then you've got Thiago to come off as the, the bench as an option, which is wonderful. And then, yeah, you keep the same front three going into next week. But, yeah, very happy with the team. Very happy with the lineups. No problem there. But another week of no transfer activity. We're trying to get rid of Origi. We're trying to get rid of Shakiri to free up two non-homegrown spots. Because we need to replace Ronaldo. We need to replace... Uh, we still need to get a forward in. I keep reiterating it. Sadio Mane and Mo Salah are going to AFCON. People are saying it's only two games. If we lose the Premier League by five points, I don't care if it's Burnley or Crystal Palace. I want the strongest team starting every week. I want to see that happen. So, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what we do in future um, with that. And yeah, 30 minutes. Wow, I've been speaking for a long time. This was quite a long episode. So yeah, thank you guys for listening to LSU Reactions. Tune in next week, Liverpool versus Chelsea. It's going to be the first big battle to see where we're really at and to assess Liverpool um, position in future. That game's going to be at Anfield, so atmosphere will definitely be popping. And yeah, roll on, roll on next week. Thank you guys for listening. My, uh, let me know what you thought about today's game. My Twitter at is K-O-T-E-K-K-E-R-Z. I'll put that in the description below. Cheers.